You're listening to the Apple Insider Podcast. Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. I'm Victor, and joining me is friend to all mankind, William. Oh, I like that. Yes, friend to all mankind, William. Hello. Are you and are you as you as ecstatic this week as I am? In general. I am, I am, in general, thrilled beyond belief. In specific, not so overwhelmed, no. Oh, right. So you don't know that Keyboard Maestro version 9 is out. Oh, and it's cracking. I had said we weren't going to talk about that one, and you shoehorned it in. Well, that's that. Okay, fair Keyboard enough. Maestro is out. If you're a Keyboard Maestro user, go and get it. If you're not, consider it. That's that. Okay. But, God, it's great. Anyway, so... What else is going on? Did we on? do that right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, frankly, we could have done an hour on Keyboard Maestro version. No, I know. But what's what's this, going on there? This is not Keyboard Maestro Insider. Uh, a man this can is dream. Apple Insider. Uh, okay. Keyboard Maestro, All a right. reason to buy a Mac. But there we go. Yes, what's uh, going on then uh, that you're keen? Well, well, before we do that, before they do that, I want to. Th- we have got a great episode. We've got a lot of information to get through ahead. But first... I want to go and thank one of our sponsors. I want to thank Masterclass. Now, Masterclass is is an app that is available on your iPhone, on Apple TV, and I suppose if you had to have one, an Android device. And the, the coolest thing about it, it's also available on the web, is that they offer classes on a huge variety of topics, and they're taught by world-class masters at the top of their fields. Each class is broken out into individual video lessons, and they have downloadable materials, all of which users can explore at their own pace. And they sell it with an all-access pass membership charged annually, which means you have unlimited access to over 60 classes and 200 hours of lessons taught by the world's best. What, what do I mean when I say, like, the world's best? Well, you could take, you know, I suppose if you loved cooking, you could take lessons from Gordon Ramsay or screenwriting from Aaron Sorkin. One of the things that I thought was really cool was photography lessons from Annie Leibovitz. Now, you, we, we all have one of the world's most accessible cameras in our pocket, right? The iPhone. And it's a great camera on its own. But if you use an app like ProCam or, or Halide, then you have access to all of the ISO and shutter and aperture speed kind of things that uh, and, and manual focus that you'd want to do in a pro camera so you can take those lessons and apply it to your own photography it's it's hugely flexible because you can learn like i said across from your phone to your apple tv and and so forth it is it is really awesome and i've been taking those photography courses and i'm trying to apply it to my instagram feed i'm trying to get better and just by using the flexibility that you get from aperture or iso I get so much better photographs. I really do. And you don't have to be interested in photography. They have a wide variety of other classes. And I, I strongly recommend you to check out their catalog. Go to masterclass.com slash Apple Insider for $30 off your Masterclass All Access Pass. Act now because this one is a limited time offer. Absolutely. I have to say, I'm really tempted by the Aaron Sorkin one. That's what's interesting me. Well, it's not, it's not just Aaron Sorkin. If you're into filmmaking... So then they they have, uh, I mean, they have Werner Herzog, they have Ron Howard, they have Martin Scorsese, they have Spike Lee. Yeah, but they've got Aaron Sorkin, so that, he's who and, I would sign up Ken for. Burns. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of, of David Lynch's in there. Well, he's got to be somewhere. Fair enough. Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they've got a ton of really great uh, people providing these classes. 
It is it is really awesome. Let's talk iPhone leaks for a moment. Yeah, what's been going on uh, with this one? I've, I'm aware there are leaks. I've missed this one. Uh, should I be glad that I've missed them? Has it all been spoiled for yes. us? Oh, okay. No. Oh. Be, be glad you missed this one because this one is one that I would say take with a, a bit of caution. It's really easy to look at whoever's case report or whoever's mock-up and decide that's what's going to be made. And it's really too easy, and you shouldn't. Now, there's there's been, obviously, the rumor of a triple camera set up. And so people have started making mock-ups of these things. And there's there's no actual information to give it any kind of credence. Okay. I think the next iPhone is actually going to run Android. That's my secret bet for the big rumor. That'll well, be the big new good, feature. Good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that. But so basically the, the 2019 iPhones, this rumor slash leak um, claims that there's going to be a dual layer motherboard to sandwich things to maximize the internal storage area. Uh, that they've been talking about the idea of an in-screen fingerprint scanner for Touch ID. Um saying that there's going to be the the 64, 256, 512 gig storage options with the half amp, uh, half, you know, the five volt, one amp charger being the same. Um, there, there are people talking about things like USB-C and whether or not there's there's the loss of 3D touch from earlier reports or, or things about having 3D touch taken out means that it'll be thinner as screen size overall. These aren't rumors. This is somebody's wish list, isn't it? what it sounds like it, it kind of is it kind of is uh you know they're saying that the colors for this year are going to be black white gold and a new dark green um okay similar to you the one used in the sony z5 that the back glass is going to have more of a matte texture rather than the shiny texture but what's the strength of this and do you think i'm going to be uh trying to get a new Apple card in order to buy this exciting new one when I just bought a, a 10s Max last year. Well, I mean, you could do that. There's another claim that says we're going to get a new 10.2-inch iPad to replace the current 9.7-inch iPad. Okay, I have an original iPad Pro, and, and it's now going wrong. Uh, there's a certain parts of the glass you tap. Uh, it registers the tap somewhere else. So it's getting yeah. a bit worn down, yes. I, I just... The strength of these rumors is not very take, taken with a grain of salt. Okay, I mean they're, they're not they're 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 from someone who claims to have been a Foxconn employee who's left. Now the timing is such that if they had been a Foxconn employee within the past two years, then then yeah, it makes sense that they could know something because the phones take about two years to develop, but. Some of it is is in line with all of the other leaks, right? Some of this is in line with what we get from Minchi Quo, so there's no great revelation. And the other part of it is there's nothing to suggest that it's true or not. Okay. Right? In that case, so, I'm thinking... So, summary, not a big revelation and also not really reliable. Okay. It's amazing how much heat can be generated by an unreliable, not much detail... Rumor. Actually, especially when we're what? We've got to be less than six weeks away from Apple telling us. I'm saying. That's a good point. Yep. 
because yeah, Apple will get it right. They'll tell us what Apple is doing. Okay. Unless, of course, it's air power in case they'll tell us they're doing something and then won't. That was cruel. That was cruel and unnecessary. I'm shocked at you. But factual. Yeah, harsh but fair, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Apple has responded to an issue surrounding, wait for it, iPhone battery health. Oh, this one. Right. You thought we were through this. You thought this was over. Actually, I'm just not it's thinking not about it at all. Batteries, iPhones, yeah. they're fine. Okay, except, right. of course, now they're not, and that's it. End of the world. Um, I'm sorry, I've actually gone blank on what this ridiculous claim is, but I remember that it's ridiculous. What's this one? Uh, that Apple well, is painting so, its batteries. So here's the thing, is that if you change the battery, if you, if you take it to a, a shop, a cell phone repair shop or something like that, and you have your battery replaced. Yeah. The phone will tell you when you go to look at battery health. It'll it'll say, service, you're using an unofficial battery. <laughs> okay. I like, I think you know, but all right. Yes. And then it does it gasp? Does it stop working? Does it model in clay? What happens next? Well, surprisingly not. What, what Apple says is we take the safety of our customers very seriously. We want to make sure any battery replacement is done properly. They point out that they have over 1,800 Apple-authorized service providers across the U.S., so there's no reason for customers to go anywhere else. And what they say is, last year, we introduced a new feature to notify customers if we were unable to verify that the battery was genuine and installed by a certified technician following Apple repair processes. The notification is there to help protect customers from damaged, poor-quality, or used batteries, which can lead to safety or performance issues, which could be the case for components from third-party battery firms outside the Apple supply chain. Yeah, could be. So they could be now, what, the truth. Yeah. What they're saying is they the message's appearance does not affect the ability to use the iPhone at all, even after an unauthorized repair. It just is going to have the service warning there. Unverified batteries are not able to be monitored by the battery health function with maximum capacity and peak performance capacity metrics also not registering on the device. Okay. Uh, picture me shrugging. Uh, why does anybody care? Well, so... The, the dif difficulty is this, right? A Apple's battery replacements cost 80 bucks. Yes. The part itself is dirt cheap, right? E even buying a battery off of Amazon that's an unlicensed, unauthorized battery is, is 30 bucks. And, you know, if you're concerned about the safety of those batteries, and, and which is a reasonable concern given that these batteries have a lot of potential energy, and when potential energy becomes actual you know, kinetic energy, it can go wrong, as Samsung learned a year or two ago. The, the conflict is that people like being able to service their things affordably, and the 80 bucks is, is a lot more than the 29 bucks, so much so that Apple realized this and reduced their prices to $29 for a while. But uh, that program ended, and they they have jacked the prices back up. So so tough. If you if you're buying a well, cheaper battery, I mean, and anybody would, you know, you're buying a cheaper battery. You can't right. But the conflict the is right for repair, and if the battery is fine, then Apple's stuff ought to be work with it. Instead, they throw this message, and the fear that goes along with this is, what's the next step after this? Well, they could say we don't recognize this battery and simply shut down the iPhone. It doesn't work. Right. So this is a fight about something They're not Apple doing that done. in this case. I just... They're, well, 
doesn't the battery monitoring uh, stuff require something Apple, in the battery? Is there some sort of processor or chip, something feeding data back to help with this? Well, there's a battery management system that is a part of all this. And the battery management system monitors the, the cells, the health of the cells, and the, the charge status. But is there right? any part of that that actually has to be in the battery and therefore is not in a third-party one? Well, I mean, there's it, it depends. Uh, I don't know exactly where the BMS is inside the iPhone. It can be in the battery. It can be in the phone itself. In the original iPhone, it was in the phone, not the battery. Okay, but it just seems like the, the so options are it, it, you spend a lot of money and you get Apple's battery and it tells you things about it. You spend less money, you get a battery. It doesn't tell you anything, but it still works. So, Right, but if Apple can throw a message on it, then they can do the next thing, which is prevent you from using it. And that happened previously with charging cables, with lightning cables. Okay, so the fuss is not Where about they what threw Apple's the message. done, it's what Apple could do. But Apple always could do And has things. shown that they were willing to do in the past. Okay. Well, if they do it, I'll get upset. I think that's as far as I Fair. can muster. And yeah. until William gets upset, we're going to talk about the next thing. Oh, okay. So there's a company called Core Photonics. They are a camera company based in Israel. And they have filed a lawsuit claiming that Apple knowingly stole patented technology for the dual camera tech in iPhone and then attempted to cover its tracks by filing similar intellectual property applications, right? Hmm. So, so basically, their suit claims infringement of 10 patents covering methods of deploying dual camera systems in handheld devices, as well as technology related to the advanced imaging hardware. And this covers the iPhone 7 Plus, the iPhone 8 Plus, iPhone 10, 10s, 10s Max, basically everything that's got a dual camera in it. And so there are 10 Corphonics IP patents. And basically, Corphotonics is, is saying that they set up this company in 2012 with the goal of developing next-gen smartphone camera tech, and they filed all these patents and got them approved, and then Apple signaled interest in their dual aperture solution. Mm -hmm. They met with them in Tel Aviv to discuss details, and that um, some of Apple's people left the meeting with a USB drive containing presentation materials, as well as patent-pending material applications, patent plans. Uh, Apple later sent a team of engineers to Tel Aviv to discuss the dual-camera display in dual-camera array in more detail. And Corphotonics sent people to Apple facilities in California on multiple occasions throughout 2014. And Apple was given access to Corphotonics test boards. So they were working on this sort of partnership all the way along, um, and then in 2014, it, it looks like Apple attempted, or at least they're claiming that Apple attempted to secretly procure samples of a prototype telephoto lens module from the firm's manufacturing contractor. So upon learning about Apple's actions, Core Photonics provided the parts on their own volition. Apple's also given black box simulation files for lens designs, a software simulator, and access to system prototypes. And after what seemed to be positive reactions from Apple staff, the two companies met to discuss a potential business agreement. Negotiations failed in August 2014. Apple stopped talking until 2016 when they reached out to talk about future projects. Um, meetings resumed. Apple was expressing interest in formalizing a business agreement in August 2016. And then a month later, iPhone 7 Plus debuted with the dual camera array. And Corphotonics looked at that phone and said, that's an infringement. 
They met again with Apple in 2017, but it was clear then that Apple was not interested in making a deal. And so they filed suit in 2017. They filed another suit in 2018. And today's suit basically alleges that Apple is well aware of their patents and associated technology as they went about filing patents for, for Apple. Evaluation of the dual camera patents filed by Apple yield reference to Core Photonics IP as prior art. The two previous lawsuits note Apple, in some cases, duplicates exact specifications from their filings. Added to all of this, in January, there was a rumor claiming that Samsung was looking to acquire Core Photonics for 150 to 160 million. That didn't actually happen, as near as anyone can tell. This is this is big. Ten patents is a big deal. There are dual cameras in Android phones, aren't they? Are they uh, completely different in some way? That's a good question. Um, generally, the ones that I've seen in in several of the Android phones aren't dual aperture like this, which is is what's being described here. Uh, for example, in in some of Huawei's past ones, there have been a camera with a large number of megapixels that was black and white, and one that was a smaller number of megapixels that was color. And they did some neat computational stuff to take the black and white image that was high resolution and colorize it based on Goodness. the mm-hmm. smaller sensor from the color side. I don't really understand the difference between there being two apertures and two lenses. I, I imagined unthinkingly that... Well, it's about depth of field, right? Mm-hmm. A- aperture is how open the lens is and letting light in, but it also goes to... to um, to depth of field. So that's how you do the portrait mode where the background is is uh, bouquet out. I'm glad you pronounced that word. I still can't. Um, has Apple said anything about this? Um, I don't, or any of the cases? You said this is the third? Mm, there, there, there's been no statement about this, and I haven't seen what the uh, prior outcomes were. Uh, do we know yet what the next step is likely to be? I don't know how it works with the legal lawsuits and things, so... I mean, tend, tends to be what happens is that depositions are taken and then you go in front of a court and make your arguments. Right. Is there a typical time frame, though? Um, I noticed the way you said that of when they uh, filed, there was 2017, 18, 19. Are they just now doing an annual thing um, that will keep going until we hear a result? Well, I mean, I think what's going is that with each different phone iteration, they're filing for each new model and what's involved and what's been infringed upon. That makes sense. Hmm. I'm glad I don't work in this kind of field. Uh, electronics, yeah. legals, financials. Yeah, it's messy. Okay. Yep. Apple is expanding. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. They have put out a search for 750,000 square feet of Manhattan office space. Going to open a New York office. Yeah, I think it's the moment you said that to me. Uh, all that amount of space, New York, Manhattan. I knew it had to be Hudson Yards, the new district uh, in uh, Manhattan's what west side uh, for it. And that's it. I want to work for Apple. I don't know what I'll do, but please let me work for Apple in Hudson Yards, <laughs> please. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's not positive that's going to be in Hudson Yards. They, they've got a couple of different places they could find. Now, they already have... A, a lease on 45,000 square feet at Kaufman Organization's um, property on 104 Fifth Avenue. And they've been there since 2011. They aren't the only one trying to get space in New York. Facebook's got a presence in New York. Uh, Google and Amazon have spaces in New York. So 
it's, it's well, you know why, not unheard though, don't of. You? It's because I do. The vessel. I mean, they they spent all this Beautiful. money to build the spaceship complex in Cupertino. What are they trying to accomplish in New York? I want to look at the vessel. Have you not seen this utterly? gorgeous sculpture in the middle of Hudson Yards. It's just magnificently beautiful. Now, Google it. This pictures are astounding. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, well, I won't see you there for coffee then. But okay. Nope. Nope. So we were talking in the past about how Google and Amazon were paying people to transcribe or listen to audio from their smart speakers, right? Yes, and I pity the people transcribing. I hate transcribing, but yes. I... Yeah. And we were talking about how Apple had contractors listening to Siri. Yes. Guess who we hadn't talked about so far? Uh, Facebook. Uh, Google. No. Facebook. Facebook. Oh. Facebook. I just assume we're always right. talking so, about Facebook. They're all. What is it? What are they doing now? That's been a bit hinky. Uh, well, I mean, Facebook, right? Never one to be left. If there's a privacy scandal, Facebook wants yes. in, right? <laughs> Pioneers, allegedly. Absolutely. Okay. Not to be left out. Facebook used outside contractors to listen to and transcribe recorded messenger voice chats. So not just smart speaker stuff, but actually if you were messaging someone and you went ahead and spoke into it and left a little recorded audio snippet, they listened to that and wrote it down. In case you missed it and they could tell you later. They're being nice. Is that what they're doing it for? No? Well, they think what they're supposed to be doing with this is using it to understand how to parse audio and tune artificial intelligence algorithms. Okay. But um, the contractors were, were quote-unquote, rattled by this. Yeah. Well, oh, grief. Yeah. What were they hearing? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. But apparently some people did, and were recorded and were transcribed. Okay, what a world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Facebook claims, much like Apple and Google, we stopped doing that more than a week ago. <laughs> by which everyone should be really reassured. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But that means we're safe. There so are... It's all over now. It, yeah. You know, and, and and remember how we started talking about Facebook and Google's bad, bad acts this year. We were talking about them using VPN apps to suck down everyone's data, uh, oh, right? I forgot about that, yes. Yeah. Remember? Because that shut down all of Facebook, basically, when Apple pulled their, their enterprise certificate for a few days. Yes. Yeah, and and then Google quietly disabled theirs too. Well, Apple and Google, both on their app stores, have a large number of unsafe free VPN apps that can be downloaded from those respective stores, despite you and I warning everyone not to use them. Okay, I'm trying to think which ones okay. I've used in case I've used one of these. I don't know what they there, are. There are a ton of them. Now, some of them are based in China, which may or may not be good, but given China's censorious nature and their their policies around the great firewall of china and how people access the internet it's probably not a good idea mm -hmm. um 77 percent of the apps flagged as unsafe in an earlier investigation still pose a risk this is coming from uh, top10vpn.com there's a guy over there named simon miliano who has been looking into this and he he thinks there's a ton of these apps over there that are terrible that should not be used as VPNs. If you can't trust your VPN, what can you trust? Well, you know, I want to point out, because we got a couple other things I should tell people about. So if you use, I, I've reviewed in the past a couple of times, Wi-Fi products from a company called Amplify. 
Amplify is the consumer-level version of Ubiquity. And Amplify's stuff is really easy to set up. It's not always the best performing Wi-Fi. Some of the base stations are a little directional. Um, we noticed a little bit of slower speeds to our ISP, but for the most part, they were really robust. So if you need a strong connection and and don't need to see that your numbers are maxing out all the time, they were reliable. They were super good base stations. And they had a hardware product called Teleport, and Teleport was a little piece you took with you, and it basically created a VPN back to your home network. So if you trusted your home ISP, you were good. And what they've done now is they've updated and created a new app. And the new app is um, it's called Amplify Teleport App. And if you have their Wi-Fi base stations, then it sets up a secure VPN to your home network from anywhere in the world for free. Which is super cool. And, you know, and we reviewed Synology's products. And with Synology, you can configure and set up a VPN server on your router so that anywhere in the world you can use your phone and have it VPNed back to your home network, which is also very secure. And now, if if you were doing that, but you didn't want to do it with, you know, you have, to, you have to manually set up your phone and then you manually set up your, your Mac. And the Amplify app is on phone iPhone, for example, but may not necessarily be on Mac. What do you do? Well, you could buy a VPN service. Right. And if you were to buy a VPN service, I would tell you one of the people you should consider has been a sponsor of this show, uh, ExpressVPN. So when you're preparing to travel abroad, there's a lot of things on your checklist to pack. But what's probably missing is the app that's going to keep you safe and secure when you're away, ExpressVPN. Right? They don't just encrypt your data while you surf the internet in a public airport or hotel Wi-Fi. They even let you stream access and access content that would normally have been blocked in your country. Um, with ExpressVPN, you can unblock all your favorite websites and have access to the internet just like you would if you were at home. ExpressVPN runs in the background of your computer or phone, and you use the internet just like you normally would. ExpressVPN is, is among the fastest VPNs I've ever seen. It's really the fastest one I've tried, and it costs less than $7 per month and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It uses new cutting-edge technology called Trusted Server to make sure that there are no logs of what you do online. So no matter what you're trying to browse online, ExpressVPN gives you instant access all over the world. Don't travel anywhere this summer without downloading ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash appleinsider. That's expressvpn.com slash appleinsider for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash appleinsider to learn more. And it really is true. You know, when I was traveling last time, I was I was overseas and I was trying to access all of the utility companies that I use to pay my bills. And some of them did not allow access from outside the U.S. So I was trying to pay my bills and could not actually load their website until I used ExpressVPN. So what I'm saying here is, is there are tons of options. There are tons of options to use to secure yourself and... Uh, we like our sponsors. ExpressVPN is a good one. Thank you. It does seem to me that it's always about spending money. And yet, what have we got? Well, I, I mentioned some free options, no, right? No, true. You can download just, the... Yeah, in uh, general, uh, I mean, I think £7 a month for ExpressVPN is well worth it. A friend has just gone to work in China. Um, and actually, I can't reach her because where she is, just nothing gets through. But I would have recommended this to her if I could. When she comes back for a holiday, I will. So that'd be good. Absolutely. Yeah, but in fact, send her a postcard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But I mean, all the time we're talking about everything to do with money and uh, of all the things that I ever thought would make me financially aware, I did not believe it would be Apple. Apple is the company that I give too much money to. That's it. And yet now for Apple Insider, I've been writing loads of Apple Card uh, articles and I've convinced myself that I really want one, even though I'm in the UK, I can't get one. So, yeah. Yeah. Are you in the market? Well, so I... I am not actively in the market because I just make it a point to not open up loads of new credit and just because it helps me manage my credit utilization. Oh, yeah. It's a good point. Yes. The, be the right. best credit card is the one you don't ever use. Yes. Yes, pretty much. And I, I do like that they have the 1%, 2%, 3% cash back kinds of yeah. things. There are tons of people who mention that it doesn't make sense to use them, that you ought to be getting 3% on gas, you, you ought to be uh, using 5% on Target.com purchases, you ought to be using another card and get 5% on Amazon Whole Foods. But the problem is that if, if you're going to do stuff like that, you end up having to open up mm. a number of different cards. You have an array of them and you have to use them specifically for those retailers to try and make it work like that. And Apple's works broadly everywhere. Yeah, you get better deals the, in cases, but I think the way they handle the deals, I love the daily cash stuff, I, the point systems, absolutely, oh, whatever. But Apple money, in yeah, I like that. Oh, I'll tell you, I, I've yes. got to say this because I've only just seen this, but by the time of recording, I've only just seen this. Someone in YouTube has done a video of what sound the car, the, the titanium card makes when you drop it. It's just great. It's just, it's like, uh, you, the sound of clattering metal. Yes, on but it really sounds good. It's like, wow. Yeah. You know, if you have one of these cards, you're going to slap it down on the table and just knock everybody's uh, glasses off. So it's more fun to watch. Okay. I, I really, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm rubbish with credit ratings and things. I don't know what you have to be to qualify for Apple Card stuff. So maybe when it comes to the UK, they won't even let me. But looking at how it works with things, uh, I do now genuinely want one. I think uh, as long as I use it and pay it off you know, often, not just once a month, but regularly keep it down, then I think actually the benefits are really handy. And, and I love, love the way the iPhone app works with how you instantly see what you owe now, what interest you will pay. It's, pay, it's just it's so well thought out. I think other credit cards are going to follow it as much as they can anyway, but... That's me. Well, I don't know if anyone else is going to follow the daily cash part, but the management within the app is really showing people how to do it right. Yeah. And the, the the deal is this, right? You you do need to have a decent score to get it. They have been talking about how they're denying who they're accepting. Some people say that they're accepting subprime, but for the most part, you need to have a good credit score, which is generally in the neighborhood of 740, 750 or higher. Right. Uh, some people who have low credit scores may be approved, but but it's expected that you probably won't. Okay. Um, things that will get you denied, um, if you've been behind on things, or if you have lots of credit utilization on few cards, if you have a number of loans, um, if you've ever had a checking account closed by a bank, or if you have two or more non-medical debt obligations, like a mortgage, an auto loan, a personal loan, utility bills that are past due, there, there are a number of different things that could get you denied. Mm -hmm. The most important thing is to make sure that your application is correct and that your credit report is correct, which are things you ought to do anyway. 
But speaking to that point about correct and things, I like the fact that apparently when you apply for an Apple Card through the wallet, as everything through the wallet, it fills in the form for you based on all of your Apple ID information. So you might want to change that. You might want to go do whatever else you do. But your name and your address and things are all in there. So you're not going to mistype your zip code for it. That's obvious now they've yeah. done it, but nobody was doing it before. So isn't that typical Apple? They really think something through, and then they charge a lot of money for it. But, you know. Yep. Yes. But you were saying that Apple's all about the money, and, and there's some truth to that, right? Apple has grown their contactless student ID program to more colleges. There are 12 additional colleges deploying the technology, which lives inside Apple Wallet. And you hold your phone or your Apple Watch near a reader anywhere where a physical student ID card was accepted, and it uses that, which means you can leave your wallet home. You don't have to worry about losing a physical card. Um you can use it to get into dorms, get into buildings. You can use it to buy lunch or verify attendance, things like that. I think it's pretty cool. But what if I leave my watch at home? Excuse me, not my watch. What if I leave my iPhone? I may have just answered my own question. Can it? Does it work with the watch as well? Yes. All right, then that's cool. I actually, even now, I often go out without a wallet because I know I've got to cut a little bit of change if necessary, but it's the watch all the way. Uh, mm hmm I like yeah. this. This is done using the Core NFC kind of framework. And I think it's really quite cool. So what do you call it? The Core MFC? Core NFC framework. Oh, I see. Okay, right. Yeah. In the UK, we don't tend to use the term NFC very much. We talk about contactless payments and things. It is the yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, and this is contactless, know. but it's that's, that's the basis of the technology here. Near field communications yeah. is what that stands for. Yeah, well, I, I need to tell you about one more thing, William. Mm. Are you ready? Is it personal? Well, I suppose it could be personal to some. Okay, but not to me then. Fine, yeah, go ahead. What can you tell me? No. Well, everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. Oh, yeah. Right? You You could get into a crash. People could be hurt or killed. But I've got some surprising statistics for you. Almost 29 people in the United States die every day in alcohol-impaired vehicle crashes. That's one person every 50 minutes. Even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by a third in the last three decades, drunk driving crashes still claim more than 10,000 lives each year. And it can have a big impact on your wallet, too. You could be arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses. You could possibly even lose your job, William. What can you do to prevent drunk driving? Don't drink, don't drive. Good. Also, plan a safe ride home before you start drinking. Uh, Designate a sober driver or call a taxi. Good point. If someone you know has been drinking, take their keys and arrange for them to get a sober ride home. We all know the consequences of driving drunk, but one thing's for sure. You're wrong if you think it's no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. So this, this spot was sponsored by... NHTSA, the, the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration. And uh, we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. It's important. I think we've all got experience of this in our past. So, you know, I don't mean us personally, but within anybody, anybody's family, you know of problems like this. So it's... Yeah, you, you, you know someone or someone you know knows someone that's been affected. Well, William, what, what are we going to talk about next week on the show? 
Well, I could say there is one small thing I would like to add, uh, an update to something we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, OmniFocus, remember they sponsored us uh, in the episode because they had OmniFocus for the web. And it's, it's really good, but it was lacking a particular OmniFocus feature called Forecast View. They've just added it, so it's even better online. I was quite excited to see that pop up. So what you're saying is that OmniGroup listens to this podcast. <laughs> okay. Um I immediately want to say something rude about them, and I cannot think of a single thing. They're an amazing... Don't say something rude about them. They sponsored the show, William. How terrible is that? They're a brilliant company. They're just really, really good. So uh, if they are listening, hello, um, carry on. uh, (laughs) If they are listening, hello. Like, that was the most important thing you could say to them if they were listening to you. Okay, please do an Omnigroup word processor next. Okay, that's it. Oh, dear goodness. Word processing. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> all right well i'm victor i'm uh, victor at appleinsider.com and vmarks on twitter william where do people find you i'm going to be hunched over keyboard maestro every hour of every day for the rest of the week but also looking on w gallagher at w gallagher on twitter and william at appleinsider.com and if you've got any feedback for us if you want to give us reader email we love receiving reader email and we will be back next week thank you so much and stop it Yeah.